All right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast. My name is James. I'm your host. And today is episode 31. Now, I'm recording this in the morning right before I head to the airport for a business trip. So I'm going to try to get through this. Today's episode is all about Chick-fil-A and the history of Chick-fil-A. And of course, doing all this research made me want Chick-fil-A so badly that I had to drop everything this morning and go enjoy a breakfast of champions at Chick-fil-A. So if you're listening to this, uh, just know that I really enjoy fried chicken. I've said that many, many times. And Chick-fil-A, they have a very unique take on it. And it's very awesome. I'm sure there are lots of secrets. I've researched some of them. And I'm excited to share some of this amazing information for you. Now, before I dive into the episode today, again, just wanted to thank you all for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast, and make sure you tell a friend. It really does help. It's awesome to see the show starting to really grow and starting to really move forward, and can't do it without you and your help. So thank you so much. Super grateful for that. All right. Now, (laughs) who doesn't love Chick-fil-A? Their raging popularity has me convinced that there aren't many in this country who don't enjoy their chicken. Now, I've known for a long time that I wanted to do an episode on Chick-fil-A and on the history of Chick-fil-A. I've even reached out to Chick-fil-A to try and get someone to do an interview, and they pointed me towards, uh, they pointed me to their website to Uh, answer any questions that I might have. And as I dove into their website, oh my goodness, it is so, you can get lost in all of the articles and the information that is up on their website. I was blown away at all of the, the, the wealth of information that's up there. I mean, uh, someone is making great money on a full-time position, just writing articles for Chick-fil-A. It's just incredible. I've never seen a business that has so much information (laughs) up on their website about themselves, but it made researching this real easy because I could go to just one source and the direct source and get all of my information. So, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A, it all started with S. Truett Cathy. He is the founder of Chick-fil-A. And Kathy, he started a restaurant called the Dwarf Grill. He started that in 1946. And this is his first restaurant venture. And, uh, and he opened it up next to a Ford production plant and really reaped the benefits of having a lot of those Ford employees that would come in. Now, Dwarf Grill was later renamed to the Dwarf House, and it's held that name ever since. You can still go into the Dwarf House. You can still eat there. It's a restaurant. And it's under the Chick-fil-A umbrella, but it came before Chick-fil-A. Now, this is a really special restaurant in the history of Chick-fil-A, and the reason for that is because this is where Kathy developed and tested his original chicken sandwich. 
everyone that came through was a guinea pig for Kathy's creation. And I would, I mean, sign me up. I would gladly be a guinea pig for that. Now, the Dwarf House is a diner that was open and still is open 24 hours a day, six days a week, still closed on Sundays. And they serve classic menu items like burgers, fries, collard greens, mac and cheese, coconut icebox pie, and a hot brown. And on the website, they say, if you ask, if you have to ask what a hot brown is, then you need to try one. And, uh, you know, this is a unique and special restaurant. They have a strong family vibe. Kathy used to say people would come to the restaurant when they weren't hungry just because they needed comfort. Now, there are a few customers that have been coming around so often over the years that they are truly considered family by the Kathy family. And these people have even been given access to the coveted blue menu by the Kathy family. Now, the blue menu allows a person to enjoy 1946 prices in today's world. That means that these people that have access to the blue menu can get a hamburger for 15 cents or a steak plate for 65 cents. That's incredible. After tremendous success with the Dwarf House restaurant, Kathy opened the very first Chick-fil-A in 1967. And the rest is, you know, as they say, history. So you really can't talk about Chick-fil-A unless you talk about S. Truett Kathy. He was truly the driving force behind Chick-fil-A. And everything that we see today in Chick-fil-A, from the hospitality and customer service to the great food, it all started with Kathy. And, uh, you know, he had a tremendous story. It took him from, you know, several different uh, jobs and business ventures to the Dwarf House to a chicken empire in Chick-fil-A. He died September 8th, 2014 at the age of 93, and he had a passion for a family-focused life and a heart for his employees and a profound love for his customers. Now, at a very young age, it was clear that Kathy had the entrepreneurial spark. At the age of eight, he sold Coca-Cola door-to-door. He'd buy a six-pack for 25 cents, and then he'd sell them for five cents each. And as he's going around selling his Cokes, there is a neighbor. She would sit on her front porch and sip her own Coca-Cola. But she wasn't drinking one of his Cokes. He had to find a way to add enough value to his product to convince her to buy from him. So one day she suggested that he chill his Cokes and then she'd buy. So he shaved some ice off his mother's icebox to chill the Cokes And he had many people, including his neighbor, lining up to buy his product. And this is where he learned the joy that comes from making customers happy. As a teenager, he had a paper out. Classic job for a teenager. And he said that he treated each paper like he was delivering it to the governor's mansion. And if it was raining, he tried to find a dry spot on the porch to put it. He wanted to make sure that they never had to dig through the bushes to find their paper. And it's really incredible that a teenager would have that work ethic. Many teens would simply treat it like a job to get done. 
And that attention to detail is what really set Kathy apart. When he opened the dwarf house with his brother, they continued that focus on the customer. He often said that they built their business and made friends at the same time. They weren't mutually exclusive to Kathy. Everyone was family. They tried to meet the needs of their customers whenever they could. If they heard that one of their customers was in the hospital or a family member of a customer had passed away, they would send food to the family. Kathy had a genuine concern for people, and he made business a personal connection, and he valued every relationship. Now, when Kathy was looking for franchisees later in life, he looked for people that shared his values of customer service. Now, Kathy wrote six books, and in his book, Eat More Chicken, Inspire More People, he talked about the uh, power of teaching his employees and his team members to treat every customer coming through like they were the president. And this is going back to his paper days where he was treating everyone like they lived in the governor's mansion. And this is what he said about that. He said, your voice and facial expressions would change. You'd be eager to serve the president well. Make sure he had a clean table, then go up and see if everything was all right or if he needed anything. If we're willing to do that for the president, why not treat every customer that well? Now, I'm sure by now you've heard the classic, my pleasure at a Chick-fil-A restaurant. Now, have you ever wondered, have you ever thought for a minute where that came from? At one point, Kathy had visited a five-star hotel, and he thanked an employee who responded with, my pleasure. Kathy felt the sincerity, and it hit him really hard. He couldn't shake that experience. He couldn't get it out of his mind. He then asked all of his restaurant owners, team members, and even the corporate staff to respond with my pleasure whenever someone said thank you. He later said that you expect that from a five-star hotel, but to have teenagers in a fast food atmosphere saying it's their pleasure to serve, that's a real head turner. And that kind of sums up his customer service mentality, uh, just to go above and beyond to help people feel like they're having a different experience. It's hard to find companies in today's world that focus on the employee. Many of Kathy's business decisions were made with his employees in mind. And his very famous one, or infamous one, is the decision to close on Sundays. He wanted his employees to always have a day, no matter what happened, no matter how busy they got, no matter how crazy the work, work schedules were, that they had one day that they could count on to always have that off and be able to spend with family, pursuing hobbies, going to church, whatever they wanted to do. And when Chick-fil-A started rapidly expanding, many of the malls that they would go into pressured Kathy to open on Sunday, and he flat out refused. He would not do it. Many employees made a career out of their Chick-fil-A opportunity. Kathy treated his employees with kindness, dignity, respect, one former Dwarf House employee who was with them for 45 years said, I've never heard Mr. Kathy raise his voice. I don't remember him arguing with anybody. I've never heard him tell somebody to do something. He would ask, he'd say, Zelma, would you make me such and such a pie? Is that a problem? Well, you had to do it because he asked so nice. Kathy was also all about family. 
He grew up watching his mom cook in the kitchen. They ran a boarding house, and all the kids pitched in to help. He was particularly close to his brother, Ben. After World War II, they decided to form a partnership and go into the restaurant business. So they co-owned the Dwarf House. That was their project. Business was booming. They steadily built up a loyal clientele. And Ben and and Kathy rotated 12-hour shifts. And they eventually had to hire staff. It was too much for them to handle all on their own. In 1949, Ben and his brother Horace flew from Georgia to Chattanooga, and they never made it. The plane crashed, and Kathy lost both of his brothers in one go. He later said, The loss hit me particularly hard on Monday morning when I saw where Ben made out the report sheet on Saturday afternoon in good health. I realized again that he would never be back, and my tears flowed. Ben had a wife and daughter, and Kathy bought them out of their share of the business and then made sure that they had whatever they needed for several years afterward. Family was everything to Kathy. He made sure to involve his kids in the business and his wife in the business. They pitched in at the Dwarf House and found ways to spend time together and really strengthen those relationships. Later in life, one reporter asked Kathy how he wanted to be remembered, and his response was that he wanted to be remembered as someone who had his priorities in order. Isn't that incredible? Uh, It's incredible that someone would have uh, just such a love for his employees, such a love for his family, such a love for his customers that he found a way to structure his business to make sure that all three of those groups were represented and that all three of those groups were taken care of. And what's even more incredible is that that continues on today, even after he's passed, he still has that influence. So now I'm going to dive into the food, right? Because that's what we're here to talk about anyway. It's food history. So we're going to start with the chicken sandwich. What makes this chicken sandwich so incredible? It's a viral hit. And again, chicken sandwiches are having a moment right now in the country. I've said that before on previous episodes. And it's really taken off. And Chick-fil-A has been doing chicken sandwiches since you know, the 1960s. It's been their bread and butter. And they have lately just exploded in growth. Each Chick-fil-A franchise is one of the most profitable, like per store sales of any fast food franchise uh, in the world. They really do very well. So did you know that in addition to being a play on words, the A in Chick-fil-A actually stands for grade A and top quality. And it's what Chick-fil-A strives for every time you visit a restaurant. And that quality is displayed clearly in their chicken sandwich. The chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A is a no-frills affair. It's really quite simple. You have a hand-breaded chicken breast. It's fried in peanut oil, two pickles, and a buttered and toasted brioche bun. That's it. So why is this sandwich so incredibly popular. You know, I think personally, there's a beauty in simplicity. It's not trying to be anything crazy. It's just doing what it's supposed to be. It's the, then that's a chicken sandwich. You know, you know what to expect when you go in and when you get one. Kathy worked in the dwarf house when he was working there. Uh, he spent a lot of time perfecting the secret recipe And he would make little tweaks here and there, little changes here and there. And finally, customers said, no more changes. You've got it. It's it's great. 
don't change it again. He then folded up the piece of paper that had the recipe, put it in his pocket, and that piece of paper is locked in a safe at Chick-fil-A's headquarters, and only one person knows the combination, and they aren't sharing. (laughs) Now, Chick-fil-A has used peanut oil for frying its chicken. It's kind of unique. Not a lot of fast food places are using peanut oil. And it's an incredible choice because not only are you getting great flavor, but because it has a high smoke point, its nutritional qualities aren't breaking down as fast as other oils when they heat up. And that means that you're going to have a higher quality product. It's going to taste great. It's going to be healthier than other, you know, fried items that are going through. And um, it's one ingredient that is nearly impossible for other restaurants to replicate because not many other restaurants are going to embrace peanut oil in the way that Chick-fil-A has. In 1989, Chick-fil-A unveiled the grilled chicken sandwich. And in 2014, they reintroduced that sandwich. And in 2014, that's when they started using their proprietary grill to give backyard flavor to every grilled chicken sandwich. And they used that grill for all of their grilled chicken products, including the grilled nuggets. So now we need to talk about the fries. The waffle fries at Chick-fil-A are the most ordered menu item. They sell more orders of fries than they do chicken sandwich. They first introduced the waffle fry in 1985, and they were very unique in a landscape of those stick-shaped fries. Customers like them because of the ability to hold more ketchup or sauce on the fry. So it's a better vehicle to get sauce from the packet into your mouth. All waffle fries and hash browns served in Chick-fil-A's restaurants all come from a single family farm in Washington state. The Johnson family has been farming since 1906. They're a fourth generation family farm. So Nick Johnson, he's that fourth generation. He said, it's rewarding to know that we did our part and that's going to put food in someone's belly. And Nick's dad has said that his dad and grandpa would be proud of the farm restaurant relationship and partnership. All of Chick-fil-A's waffle fries have one thing in common. They're incredibly mind-numbingly simple. Just canola oil, potato, and salt. Now, many will say that that's by design. Because of the simple flavors, they truly become the perfect backdrop for whatever sauce you want to dunk, dunk into. I'm honestly super surprised by the research on this. I would have thought that Chick-fil-A's fries were not this popular. I honestly, I can take them or leave them. I rarely get excited about them, and I usually just eat them because they're there. For me, there are too many variables with the fries that really impact my ability to enjoy them. Sometimes they're too soggy. Other times they aren't salty enough. And also, you know, forget about it if they're cold. I can't stand their fries if they're cold. They can be really rough to eat. Um, you know, now that being said, people love them and they embrace them in mass. The other thing that's really interesting is the legend of the sweet potato fry. I stumbled across this little tidbit on Chick-fil-A's own website. The source for this article was Shona Johnson and she's a senior manager culinary product strategy of culinary product strategy and development. And according to Shona, they tried a few different styles of sweet potato fry. One variant was a straight fry that had a cinnamon marshmallow dipping sauce. They also tried a sweet potato hash brown for breakfast. The most popular with the guests was, you guessed it, the sweet potato waffle fry. 
guests said that it had a better look and taste, and it also helped that it naturally tied in with the existing waffle fry on the menu. This all took place from May to August in 2011, and the test originally took place in Athens, Georgia. They then expanded the test to Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, and Memphis. Customers really liked them. However, they were more expensive than the standard fry, and enthusiasm waned after the initial buzz wore off, and that ultimately ended up killing the project. So let's get saucy for a moment. Let's talk about the sauce. I had a lot of fun reading about the different sauces that Chick-fil-A offers. It's actually quite incredible. Chick-fil-A's iconic Chick-fil-A sauce was invented by accident in the early 1980s in Fredericksburg, Virginia. A restaurant team member mixed barbecue sauce with a honey mustard sauce that Hugh Fleming, who was a franchise operator at the time, had created. And the rest was history. And this sauce went viral. In 2017, restaurants ordered 500 million individual packets of Chick-fil-A sauce. 500 million packets. In the Southwest, Chick-fil-A sauce is the most popular, and barbecue and Polynesian sauce are close second and third. Now, I had never tried the Polynesian sauce. I tried that this morning, and it was actually amazing. The hash brown dipped in the Polynesian sauce was A+, straight up. Amazing. So good. So... (laughs) on Chick-fil-A's website, they have this great article about which sauce are you. I thought this was a fun activity. Picture for a moment that you're defined solely by the sauce you dip your chicken into. What does the sauce say about you and your personality? If you've ever wondered this, Chick-fil-A has you covered. They have their sauces broken down so that you can literally determine which sauce most describes you as as an individual. So, I'm going to go through these real quick here. You don't just dip. You slam dunk your nuggets. You walk the walk, dip the dip, and live with a fiery passion. You never miss out on an opportunity to bring the heat at every meal. You often go full throttle regardless of what's in your way. If this sounds like you, then you are definitely a Chick-fil-A zesty buffalo saucer. You go big or you go home. You like flavor and a lot of it. When it comes to sauce, you can't get enough. That's why your favorite condiment could pass as a sauce, a dressing, or even a dip. You're confident, and you're not afraid to show it. No doubt about it, you are a garden herb ranch saucer. When dipping your Chick-fil-A sauce, it's always chicken up and pinky out. You don't need to showboat like your zesty buffalo sauce dipping friends, because your timeless class always helps you stand out from the crowd. You've been ordering the number one for 15 years, and nothing will ever change that. Why try? Why try something new when what you have is already perfect? You know who you are. Embracing all flavors of life, your distinct outlook makes you a friend favorite. And while you wouldn't mention it, you do hold the high school superlative for most congenial. There's no escaping it. You're the perfect blend. A classic Chick-fil-A saucer. You've been called a hipster at least four to five times since last Tuesday. While friends can call you whatever they want, they're just jealous of your unparalleled style and will probably follow suit in a few months' time. You love a great coffee and appreciate a unique, original taste. You live in the moment and have no trouble taking whatever life throws you in stride. While you can easily go with the flow, you always bring wit and perspective to every situation. Your acquired taste definitely makes you a Polynesian saucer. Enjoy all that flavor. 
your sweetheart will do anything for your family and friends. You bake cookies for your coworkers just because. Plan special group outings for friends and send sweet notes to loved ones. You're everybody's favorite person and are known for being dependable and loyal. Let's face it, you go with just about anything. Your sweet spirit and reliability make you a honey mustard saucer. Growing up, you always dreamed of being a cowboy. You longed to be at home, on the range, herding cattle by day, and camping near the bonfire by night. Your cowboy dreams have been dashed since then, but you'll settle for standing at the backyard grill, cooking up food and loads of flavor for parties and picnics. You close your eyes. You can almost picture yourself on the ranch. Howdy, partner. You're a barbecue saucer. You seize every opportunity that comes your way. Your favorite hobbies include riding crazy roller coasters, rock climbing, and skydiving. You've never been known to turn down a dare, and your friends can always count on you to accompany them on a wild adventure. A bold and spirited believer that variety is the spice of life, you aren't afraid to try new things and enjoy tasting new foods and flavors. Does this radical risk taker sound like you? Then you're a sweet and spicy sriracha saucer. Now, I would love to hear what each of you who are listening to this right now, which one of you uh, relates to what sauce, feel free to go to toastykettle.com. You can read the article that's going to tie in with this episode. I'll have all those there and you can just leave it in the comments or go to uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Toasty Kettle and just let us know what sauce you are. Love to hear it. Now I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to go back to breakfast because honestly, that's what took me in to Chick-fil-A this morning was for the breakfast because there's a menu item on there. It's not chicken. It's not fries. It's not lemonade. And it's the biscuits. I feel I can't do an episode on the history of Chick-fil-A without talking about their legendary biscuits. Many fast food restaurants out there have biscuits on the menu. However, in my humble opinion, Chick-fil-A does biscuits better than anyone. They take the crown as the top restaurant biscuit, hands down, and I'll battle anyone who says otherwise. You know, these biscuits are flaky, they're crumbly, and they're super buttery. They almost melt in your mouth. Now, here's a little bit more info on the Chick-fil-A biscuit. In 2018, Chick-fil-A served hungry customers 133 million biscuits. 20.3 million of those were served in the Atlanta area alone. I think I've found my people. Biscuits take longer to make than any other breakfast item on Chick-fil-A's menu. Each one is handmade. From start to finish, it takes an employee 30 minutes to mix, roll, and bake these biscuits. The lucky team member assigned to biscuit duty will show up before 5.30 a.m. and will start baking. They continue baking until the restaurant stops serving breakfast. There's always one tray of biscuits that is ready to serve, and each tray holds 20 biscuits. When one tray is pulled from the oven, another one is put in. And then that dance continues from 6 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., Chick-fil-A also ensures that a healthy dose of butter is smeared on top of each biscuit before it hits the oven. That way the butter sinks down into the biscuit as it rises. If you haven't ever had a Chick-fil-A biscuit, I want you to press pause, drop everything, get in the car. Seriously, drop everything, get in the car. Let me emphasize that again. Drop everything and go get one. Go now. Go. Go. Go get one. (laughs) It's so good. I love their biscuits. Oh my goodness. So good. 
mildly obsessed. So another interesting restaurant concept came about in 2013. It's called Truett's Luau. And this was uh, S. Truett Cathy's uh, brainchild. He wanted to bring the food, the joy, the comfort, the family vibe, the hospitality of the Hawaiian Islands to Fayetteville, Georgia. So in 2013, they opened in Fayetteville, Georgia. And this was a passion project again for Kathy. He was 92 years young and had just stepped aside as Chick-fil-A CEO. What a better time to start a new restaurant venture. Like the Dwarf House restaurant, this restaurant is still clearly connected to Chick-fil-A. You can even find the classic chicken sandwich on the menu, as well as those mythical sweet potato waffle fries. They do live on. They're just at the <laughs> Truett's Luau, not at any other you know, Chick-fil-A. As the name suggests, this is a Hawaiian-themed restaurant, and you can order a variety of seafood items from calamari appetizer to a fish sandwich. Uh, and you know they have you covered. Kathy handpicked every decoration that went in the restaurant, and he spent countless hours trying each menu item until they got everything just right. And what an interesting concept for a restaurant. What a crazy thing to do when you're 92 years old. Uh, you know, you got to admire his work ethic and his passion with that one. And it's a real, it's a different concept. You can do uh, walk up counter and order, or you can also, they have a, a dining room where it's a full service, sit down, they bring the food to you, take your order, everything. So uh, it's really unique. If you're ever in Fayetteville, you can make a whole Chick-fil-A history tour and hit up the Dwarf House one day and Truett's Luau the other day and take a corporate tour uh, and tour Chick-fil-A's headquarters. They'll even show you the safe that contains the top secret recipe on that tour. You can find more information on their website about that. So one last thing I wanted to hit was just a quick fact about the <laughs> lemonade. So Chick Chick-fil-A's lemonade, that's something I didn't like uh, back in the day when I first started at, at Chick-fil-A. However, I had some of the lemonade just last week, and it blew my mind. I guess since then I've gained an appreciation for things that are good and tasty and delicious, and I <laughs> loved their lemonade. In 2014, Chick-fil-A served 121 million cups of lemonade. Now, they say that's about 250 million lemons. They're the largest purchaser of Sunkist lemons in the world. In 2014, they purchased more Sunkist lemons than the entire country of Japan. And they expect that, that number is going to continue to increase year over year. In 2015, they were estimating that would go to 300 million lemons. And I'm sure now in 2020, five years later, that's an even higher number. And then desserts. I mean, they have a variety of desserts, seasonal desserts. They've done the orange sunrise. Uh, they've done peach shakes. They've done the frozen lemonade. They have uh, chocolate chunk oatmeal cookie. They really try to do whatever they can to set themselves apart from the competition. So that is my brief rundown, brief air quotes around that one, rundown of Chick-fil-A. I really was blown away as I got into the research on this one because it all started with S. Truett Cathy and his complete and utter obsession with making sure that all of his employees, all of his customers felt that dignity that comes from being served. And 
he exemplified that in how he acted. Uh, again, going back to that employee from the dwarf house, never argued, never raised his voice, never demanded that things get done. He just used his kind, compassionate way, gentle way of leading and guiding his business. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that Chick-fil-A has become a national mega hit. You know, when you treat people right, when you treat people like humans, when you treat people with dignity, then you're really going to have a recipe for success on your hands. And there's obviously so much more I could talk about when it comes to Chick-fil-A. I mean, there's more menu items. There's more history. You know, Kathy himself, he wrote six books. There's so much information. And I just barely scratched the surface of some of the things that were on Chick-fil-A's website and some of the history behind Chick-fil-A. But uh, if you ever if you ever get bored, I mean, that thing was almost as good as Reddit. You just really can get lost in their website. And they're fun articles. They're short, quick, easy to read. And uh, you can really uh, get lost in that. I'm going to link to it in the, in the description. So make sure you check the show notes. Again, I uh, hope you learned something. I definitely learned a lot from researching this and sharing that with you. So if you liked what you heard, if you learned something, if this gave you some interesting value in your life make sure you share that with a friend it really does help grow the show if you really like what you heard then leave a five-star review again it's really going to help people uh, find the show and improve the rankings of the show in different search engines so it's one of the best things that you can do to help and do your part and i'm super appreciative of people that do that it really does help again you can find out more about the blog the podcast at toastykettle.com. I'm also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Toasty Kettle. Uh, Check us out. Until next week.